Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. And today we have special guest, writer, director, Timothy Stevens from his upcoming new movie called Ghost Lights. Timothy, thank you for being our guest. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited, too. I, like I told you just before we went live, I really enjoyed this film, and I look forward to talking about it. For everybody out there, The Ghost Light is going to be available on digital August 26th. It is coming to the Terror Films channel on September 2nd, and then coming to the Kings of Horror on September 9th. So those are the dates and places where you guys can check out The Ghost Lights. So let's get started on this. Uh, the Ghost Lights is sort of based on this Texas urban legend of the Marfa Lights. Uh, Correct. Well, and it's it's more than an urban legend. It's it's a real thing. Okay. I guess the, the legends are around what it could possibly be, but it's a. If you went out to Marfa right now and hung out for a couple of days, you'd, you'd probably see them. So. All right. Well, you know, to all the <laughs> stories that have been told about these lights, how accurate did you want the film to be to the various stories that are out there? Yeah, you know, um, the whole inspiration for this project was actually a um, paranormal documentary uh, TV pilot that I worked on. It was it was around 2019, I think. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like most TV pilots, they don't really amount to anything. You, yeah. you do a lot of work and you you get everything lined up and then something gets in the way and the studio decides to go with something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So but um, as part of that, I did a lot of research and I actually um, I talked to people on the ground in Marfa and I actually spoke with one man uh, in particular who said that he had an up-close encounter with one of these lights, um, which is interesting because most people see him a mile or two miles away. Uh -huh. um, and for him, it was an extremely traumatic event. Um, and he had a hard time talking about it. And it was really, uh, you know, he was going to be like one of the main people we interviewed for the show. But um that hesitancy and that fear really as a, as a narrative filmmaker inspired me to be like, well, what the hell could these things be? Like mm -hmm. if they're scaring people, they're not just a uh, interesting roadside attraction, then what could they be? Um, so I, I, we have certainly taken some liberties, but I, I would say what we put in the film in a lot of ways is a direct adaptation of what this man told me he experienced um in some ways and then of course we you know as as you want to with the narrative oh, film gosh. you kind of take your your own creative liberties with it but um it all started from basically this man saying i saw it from two feet away and it was terrifying um wow. and that was yeah and, and i mean i get chills talking about it because um, this guy you know uh, you know a credible individual when you speak to them yeah. you know and, and when you're scared and you don't want to talk to media that's a good indication that something happened something you know happened. Uh, now yeah. the story is about uh, a father daughter and uh, a grief that is taking place in these characters lives um now the Marfa lights and the and the legend and the stories behind it how difficult was it putting the the story of the father daughter journalist uh 
trying to cover a story with the Marfa lights, the ghost lights, as uh, sort of the encompassing background theme of it. Yeah, I mean, it's something I strive to do with with everything that I uh, work on is I, I try to find the human element and the, the heart element of it, you know, and, um, you know, so what, you know, the ghost lights kind of the elevator pitch is uh, Alexandra is a journalist from Dallas. She goes off to New York city um, and she comes back home after the death of her father, who is also a journalist. And um, as she's looking through kind of his discarded things, she finds this mysterious cassette tape labeled The Ghost Lights, October 15th, 1978. Mm-hmm. And uh, she finds an old Walkman, puts it on, and it's this conversation with uh, between her father interviewing this man um, who lives in the ghost town Terlingua, which is a really cool, real place. Uh-huh. Uh who had this experience with these lights and it was traumatic and she decides um kind of in a uh, in an effort to sort of after death make amends with her father and kind of you know uh connect with the memory of him she goes on a cross-state road trip listening to the tape gathering this information and hopefully uncovering the truth um but as she does these terrifying things start to happen weird things start to happen mm-hmm. it gets very kind of uh, x-files-esque oh, yeah. um yeah and but you know the heart of it really is um you know the the regret that we have from not connecting with our loved ones until often it's too late yeah you know and i mean I, I think everyone has experienced that on some level and i think 2020 like uh when we filmed this that also spawned a lot of that where people suddenly were like you know i uh, there's so many things i i could have said and done differently but that opportunity was taken away from me time is taken um, for granted yeah yeah and you know and so she's uh, trying the impossible which is to amend that uh after the fact well that that leads me to my next question uh i mean it's up to the viewer's interpretation but when you were writing this story uh did you i mean what what did you feel did you feel alex alexandra was trying to make her father proud or was it the journalist in her chasing a story I, I think it's a combination of that, you know, um, she is, she has a lot of self-doubt and um, as all of us writers mm-hmm. do, right? Um, and yeah, so part of it is trying to basically make daddy proud and uh, because she feels like she's fallen so far short of his, um, uh, she feels like she's in his shadow in, in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, but, but then the other part of it is, and I, I think this is something that, I always experience when I'm investigating a story, whether it's like a nonfiction sort of thing that's inspiring a fiction mm-hmm. in this case, is that um, I get really obsessed with something and there's a certain tipping point to where that obsession becomes magnetic and I can't do anything but pursue it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's taking me by the throat basically and it's dragging me against my will sometimes. I totally um, And I think that's in a way that's what, the ghost lights are doing to her it's what and you'll see it um it's an arc that both characters go on in the film is that it's really hooking them by the gut and i think that's even a line i I wrote into the script and it's dragging them as if they've been pulled into like the gravity of a planet and you know now they're in the 
what is in Star Trek the um, the beam, the tractor beam? Yeah, uh, you know, and now you know for better or for worse, they're sucked into it and they're going to see it through to the end. And that's very prominent in uh, several scenes, but uh, we don't want to give any spoilers away. But one person asks another person, "Where are these lights seen?" And he warns him, uh, "I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell you. You don't want to go chasing after these." And for me, that was like opening up temptation even more telling somebody you can't it's not good it's dangerous that's (laughs) just going to pique the curiosity even more and it speaks into that magnetic gravity like you were just talking about now this film was uh it said it was shot over a 10-day period and sought and shot in sequence why was it important for you to shoot this in chronological sequence Um, Well, you know, a couple of things, you know, probably primarily it was budgetary, you know, as uh, this film, for the most part, we did do a crowdfunding campaign for post-production and stuff. But, you know, initially it was all out of my own pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as an indie filmmaker, what that means is that you've got to have um, this schedule. Schedule is what drives budget, right? So if you're on a short schedule, it's going to be cheaper, you know, usually. Um, But, you know, the... uh, Practically, you know, I always like it when, and I think actors appreciate this too, because you you think about Lord of the Rings, they shot that in such a crazy mixed up order. Mm -hmm. And it's just how the special effects and the availability of locations and people demanded. Um, Not only that, I believe they shot all three films at the same time. At the same time, you know, so like Frodo went from being, you know, rosy cheeked and uh, in naive, you know, to scenes where he's like supposed to have been in Mordor for yeah. a year or something. And, um, you know, and that's a, that's a good challenge, but I think actors appreciate when you give them a real time sequence and you can actually, you know, experience in this case, a road trip, um, in real time. And, and you can kind of make your arc over the course of days. And yeah. it's an interesting journey that I, I think, Actually, it doesn't happen that much because, you know, especially when you're on like larger shooting schedules, it really demands that you shoot out of order. Um, so I I liked giving Katriva Phillips, in this case, the uh, actress that plays Alex. Uh, Alex, the opportunity to kind of go on that journey yeah. more, more or less in the order of the script, which it was kind of fun, you know, but it also was really satisfying for us as filmmakers because, you know, once we hit the the climax of the film, like, we were done, you know, yeah. and it felt kind of like we had all actually been on a, a journey, which we had. I mean, really, we we started in Dallas and we ended 700 miles away in Ghost Town, Terlingua. So wow. it was it was a literal uh, kind of quest <laughs> we all went on. You and, know? and you're absolutely right with in regard to the actor a- aspect of it. They really do appreciate it. And it also keeps them focused on the story itself. If it's done, I mean, it can't always be done. Yeah, you know, it, sometimes it's necessary to shoot it out of order, but uh, it's very important when it comes to keeping the actors engaged with the story as well. It comes through in their performances. You did a fantastic job stretching the dollar with the ghost lights. Was there any particular aspect of the film that you were very upset that you had to compromise on due to budgetary constraints? Um, I mean, very upset, you know, um, I, I mean, I wrote it how I wanted to make it, you know, and I, um, 
You know, I've written plenty of scripts that um, I did the budget on afterwards. And ultimately, we just didn't do the film because it was just too expensive, you know, and I I wrote I wrote this with budget in mind. But, you know, I I think one thing that would have been really cool is maybe doing some reenactments for this. And I, I mean, we shot it this is kind of a hybrid feeling film. It feels like half narrative, half documentary, which is actually kind of my background as a filmmaker is half narrative, half documentary. So I kind of like combined some of that Mm -hmm. aesthetics in this and, you know, and in documentary, sometimes you want to do like a, uh, a reenactment, a a recreation. Yeah. 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 And I think that would have been cool, but, but also, you know, I, I was really inspired by this film that I and I always blank on the name. It's on Amazon Prime and it's it's about a UFO encounter in the 1950s in this like little New Mexico town, um, uh, The Vast of Night. Um, okay. and, and The Vast of Night does a really interesting thing several times, but specifically the the main characters who are like basically trying to get a radio story recorded on like a real to real tape um go to this woman who has experienced something and she tells retells this like encounter experience and they never cut away to the event you mm-hmm. know and, and it's one shot it's a long take it's like five to six minutes long and the camera just gets closer and closer and closer and closer to her and when I saw it, uh, once that was over, I realized what had happened is basically I had imagined everything that she said in my head mm-hmm. the same way uh, I would if I were hearing someone tell a story around a campfire. And I was like, can I cuss on this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's that's a fucking magic trick. Absolutely. <laughs> you, and you know, know what? I didn't um, even think of it until you just, I mean, I'm a I'm big fan of reenactments, dramatization yeah. of scenes. And as we were watching, as I was watching this film and the way the interview scenes were done, which were in black and white, I I didn't feel a longing for, oh man, I wish I could see this because the way you shot it compensated. I guess that's the best word I can use. Yeah. I mean, I just, I wanted to try that, but on a really large scale, I wanted to take what they did in the vast of night and see if we could do a lot of it. Um, And and because you know we are storytellers and and i think something really interesting happens when we engage something uh when we engage a story especially in a um kind of very old school traditional like word of mouth format is that you start to form images you know it's kind of why films like um the original the haunting made in was like the late 60s uh black and white you never see a ghost once in that film but it's more terrifying because you start imagining as a viewer what that might look like um and and i think that's so much scarier and it actually it's more interesting to me you know to uh, uh it almost makes the film interactive in a way which um is you know because we give you something and you start giving back and it becomes like an experience that is different for everyone that watches it. I've got a question because you did write and direct this film. Does that uh, process of what you just talked about, does it happen when you're writing the script or when you're directing the actors? Probably a little bit of both. I imagine, you know, I mean, um, 
you know, ultimately, you know, in, in Billy Blair, the, the actor that mm-hmm. plays Mario, who's really delivering most of these kind mm-hmm. of like storytelling scenes. Um, a lot of people know him. He was in both Sin Cities, mm-hmm. has been in both uh, uh, Machete films. Um, I think he like takes like a, uh, a machine gun and guns down Robert De Niro in the, <laughs> the first Machete. But anyway, um you know, I, I honestly, I gave him a Herculean task to uh, memorize all these stories. And, and honestly, like he, he couldn't, it, it was no one really could do this. You, a stage actor would have a challenge with this. And so what happened was, is that we had a script and then he would take a moment to kind of internalize that script. And then he gave us a story that, you know, largely hit hit the, the beats that we were going for, but it became like a... A performance at that yeah. point and in a bit of originality you know i think um if you were to compare the script to actually what made it to the screen you'll see a lot of similarities because he is a very good actor mm-hmm. but there will be sections where he just kind of told it like it was an experience and i i think that was really cool so a lot of that did come out in the um i i don't even want to say direction i want to say the, like that's casting the, that was Billy, you know, like yeah. he's, he's the one that uh, almost became a co-writer in yeah. this in some ways. Yeah, that storytelling know? was phenomenal. Now, besides the, the past scenes being shown to us in black and white and, you know, the delivery of the story, uh, were there any other things that you brought us in those, in those sequences where we're in the past, 1978, the stories being told to an interviewer, uh the monologues that are going on the storytelling what else did you do to add to the essence of those moments yeah um well you know it's really interesting you know we we shot this in 10 days um and and the the only thing we didn't shoot in order is we shot all those flashbacks you know um on the same day because that made sense um i wanted to bring billy out to trilingua in like film in like a real saloon out there because there are some real wild west saloons out that way but um it made sense to do that locally but um you know one and i think this goes back to my documentary background is that i didn't storyboard any of that Mm -hmm. and i just like we had two cameras and we set them up and one was on arthur one was on mario and we you know and i didn't really even tell my camera operator i said i want you to respond to the actor so if he starts to get really intense do something with the camera that you know uh responds to, to that almost like a like a choreography sort of dance, like some in improvised dancing. Um, and I, I think, and I, I hopefully this answers your question. I, I think what that does is that it, it gives this kind of like visceral mm-hmm. quality to, to some of those moments where he's recalling the, the most traumatic moments yeah. uh, of this experience. And in the camera is, um, it's totally unplanned. It's just, it's happening, you know, and it's, it's a live wire, you know, in that way. Wow. And, and we didn't really have to do take twos uh, for the most part, just because it, um, you couldn't have made it any better, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's nothing better than just doing it and letting it be what it is. Let you the know? actors go and just put the camera in the, right there. Uh, now yeah. the audience is going to walk away. And I think this is your intention with their own ideas, uh, because the lights are unexplained, the Marfa mm-hmm. lights in real life. So in the ghost lights, the movie, 
when people watch this film and they walk away from it, some are going to think UFO, some are going to think paranormal, ghosts, and whatnot. Uh, (laughs) Are you happy with that? Uh, Or do you want it to be like, no, no, it's not ghosts. It, it's aliens. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that that uh, that guy from Ancient Aliens? <laughs> yeah, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's not aliens, but it's aliens. Um, so I, I, I mean, uh, it's amb- purposefully ambiguous, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I like a lot of films that that do that. You know, I think about the the ending of uh, like the witch, for example, um, ends on a very big question mark. Um, Now, if you watch it over and over again, you might start to pick up on what Robert Eggers was uh, wanting to do there. But, you know, if you try to find interviews and people ask him, Hey, what, uh, what happened at the end of that movie? He just is quiet. He will not answer that question. And for those Um, people who don't remember the witch and it's, I, I saw it again recently, like last month, uh, they gather up. She meets up with this uh, circle of other women that all just start floating in the air. And yeah, that's the final scene, it and it ends with her like levitating mm-hmm. in the circle of the moon and, and just and, being overwhelmed with joy. Yeah, laughing mm-hmm. like yeah, well covered in blood. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I was so yeah, I was just so affected by that. And there, there's plenty of other movies that have that same uh kind of ambiguous ending but another thing that i really liked about that film is that um it ramps up really hard Mm -hmm. um and there's no post log to it it's it's a climax without a resolution um you know in traditional storytelling right you're supposed to we all remember from english class that building action it reaches the climax and then we have you know like a in a movie, twenty minutes of like kind of a coming down off of that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, wrapping things up, and you know, the witch in uh, the what, what's the other movie, um, Hereditary. Yes, they get to the climax, and it rolls to credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I don't know, maybe it's like the like punk rocker in me. Like I really like that. You know, I, I like. It almost feels like a middle finger to just like give no resolution and it's the grain yeah you know and but it also does something interesting when you usurp the traditional flow and the expectation of a story um you're kind of left thinking about what just happened and if you start thinking long enough you'll start to kind of absorb some of these themes you know that um that i think a good horror film can have which you know, there, there's always a deeper level to, to every horror film. Even the the goriest slasher films mm-hmm. are trying to tell you something. You know, um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping to do. I I I know what I think happened in the Ghost Lights. I I know what um, I know what really happened, but I also think that doesn't delegitimize uh, any other interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have my opinions as well. Now. Um... The ending, which we're not going to give away, did you want it to end and roll to credits on the shock that you left me in? Oh, yeah. Did yep. not see that coming? Um, you didn't at all? Mm-mm. You were saying you didn't? That's awesome. Um, yeah, that was... Um, you know, we did... There were some scenes we couldn't storyboard, but we storyboarded everything, and that, that shot is storyboarded that's the last shot of storyboard that's the last line of the script that's the um and i i won't give it away but the last shot is on a tape deck um 
and that's uh that's that's the way it was meant to go out so <laughs> did you uh sort of go back and forth on whether you wanted to show the lights as opposed to showing the lights maybe showing what the casting of the lights off alex looks like oh sure sure yeah i did yeah, yeah i certainly did yeah and that was something that um kind of in you know before i started writing i was talking to uh, john francis mccullough who is the uh, co-producer on this film but also plays arthur mm -hmm. uh, there was something we bounced around off each other of you know like how much should we show how, how much shouldn't we show and um it's delayed as long as possible in the film mm -hmm. you know uh but i ultimately we um and you can see it in the trailer for a half second you know like it's there yeah. um Although that's that's not the it's not the final final scene no, that's like no. that's another part but <clears throat> excuse me uh, yeah so I we definitely debated um, and I, I I think we just felt like you know you can only you know there's got to be some payoff right like yeah. in in the end we are fans of sci-fi and in horror um, and if you don't see some Something. of the phenomena yeah. you know like you're kind of cheating yeah. <laughs> the audience a little bit yeah, yeah i totally get it and i want to thank you so much timothy for coming on here and sharing these stories guys please check out the ghost lights you will not be disappointed again it is coming out on digital on august 26 does that mean it's being released on dvd as well so uh, what we're going to be doing is, so August 26th is like Tubi, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Microsoft Movies, um, a few other places. Um, on the second, it goes up on YouTube uh, for a live Q&A and live stream, and that's going to live there on the Terror Films channel. And then again on the ninth on Kings of Horror, same thing, we'll do a live stream, and then it'll live there. However, um, I'm in the process. In fact, I just mailed off the master today to um, start purchasing some DVDs and Blu-rays. Nice. Um, and what those are going to have that you won't find anywhere else is that we did make a special features reel um, that I, I've ultimately decided we're just not going to put online. It's going to live on the mm -hmm. uh, on the you know. And as horror fans, we we love our physical media, yeah, right? So yeah. we're going to kind of. Um, you know, uh, help our fans out by giving them something special to that. So I will probably delay that for a bit because I do, um, I, I do want to give the initial push yeah. the most life that it can. So I, I would look towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We'll probably start posting links on our website for buying physical as well. That's awesome, guys! I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's called The Ghost Lights. Timothy here wrote it, directed it even had a little small cameo in it as well i did I, in fact i've got the uh the man in black hat that's right, right. he right plays here. a man in is. black you guys <laughs> will definitely enjoy it um again a big thanks to our guest timothy stevens timothy do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go um you know if you guys want to check our film studio out on social media it's spectrograph films yep. and that's s-p-e-c-t-r-o-g-r-a-p-h and you'll probably see that in the uh, description somewhere yep um and uh you know we actually have three movies uh that are either almost completed like the ghost lights we have another film called dead hand that's an action comedy um lots of stellar martial art in in this film in fact the the entire main cast are all mar martial artists who also happen to be actors um yeah. and this is gonna feel kind of like blood sport like it's gonna be yeah. like high action kind of bruce lee style um 
uh, martial arts. And, uh, and then we actually also have a documentary that we're shooting right now and will probably come out next year that's called Dark Sanctuary. And it's um, about this incredible goth club here in Dallas that um, Marilyn Manson hung out, Trent wow. Reznor. Um, I'm the a Cure. huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he like... Um, he just like popped in one day, wow. you know, based on the reputation, like yeah. he had heard, like, this is, you know, if you wear black, go here. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, we're, so we're working on that and that's going to be kind of a long-term doc, you know, project. So you can, uh, get updates on all those things. Check us out. Uh, spectrographfilms.com is a good hub for all of that. That's right. And on social media, just check, do a search for spectrograph films and you'll find it right there as well. Thank you to our guest, Timothy Stevens. Again, the movie is called Ghost Lights. On behalf, also want to thank our audience, those of you who are tuning in live and those of you who will be watching this later on. On behalf of Timothy and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.